welcome to another edition of Inside the Eagles Nest. You're with Luke and Gemma. Football clubs and sporting teams often highlight their players and coaches, but today we thought we'd focus on an area that helps sporting bodies survive. We all value our members and fans immensely. However, a critical component of sporting clubs is its corporate partners, and our club is no different. We are lucky enough today to be broadcasting from Morn Team Kia Showroom our overall naming rights partner and also one of our major partners. And it's with great pleasure we have the opportunity to speak to their Chief Executive of the Morn Team Auto Group, Daniel Thomas. Daniel has been an amazing support for our football club. As a past player with both the Eagles and West Adelaide, he's a Kersbrook legend, but more importantly, a great person and a great family man. Daniel, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Lou, and thanks, Jen. Thanks for coming down to Morn Team Kia. It's one of the most impressive intros I've ever ever heard before. And your handwriting needs a bit of work. It does. Um, and I love the word legend. It's thrown around a lot these days. But look, at this time, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, I love the word from Kersbrook that it's all true. So. Um, Kurt Slaven knows this all too well. We had all the, uh, probably a good start, actually. We had the Kersbrook, um, probably the top 20 players down to an Eagles game. Had them there three or four years in a row, actually. And uh, the club rooms never looked the same after the, after the game, how they left. But it was uh, great to have the, Kersbrook people are uh, supporting the Eagles footy club. Definitely. No, and they're always welcome. Daniel, uh, we'll get straight into it, mate. Uh, we thought it'd be a great opportunity just uh, to showcase the Morn Team um, business, but also the Morn Team story. We'll, we'll go right back to the start of probably, you know, how it all came about, where the where the business started and where it's got to today. Yeah, it's a, I really appreciate you asking that question because it's an amazing South Australian business success story. Um, so there's in, uh, commenced in 1912, um, in the city, um, representing some motor brands and also the Morn and the team family, uh, were joined by a gentleman with the last name of Behrens in 1912. He thought he'd, Behrens thought he'd go off into, uh, aeroplanes and into that field. That didn't last too long. And the Morns and the team stuck with the motor industry and, uh, the story now is in 2020 is still going strong, which is an incredible story. So we're lucky enough to be the fifth family to own this outstanding business. And there was actually uh, a Morn uh, from the Morn family still working in the business in the early 80s. So that was uh, uh, an incredible part of the, the business's future, but seen many changes, um, represented many brands, uh, had lots of different um, dealerships throughout South Australia. And uh, we're just so proud of the history that we use it in our advertising a lot because um, it's pretty rare for uh, a business that commenced in 1912 to still be going strong and growing and still getting bigger and stronger. Um, so we're very proud of it and, and we, we utilise it a lot um, with our staff in, in staff meetings and, and team meetings uh, all the time. Definitely. Now you've got an amazing establishment along here, along Fort Road at Cheltenham. Is is that where it all began? Um it is an amazing place, but the people make your place, and I'm sure we'll get to that a little bit later on. Um, no, so it's, we, we, in 1912, we had a place in Pulteney Street, some very, very expensive real estate. I wish we still had it. Yes. Might be in the Bahamas at, yeah, at the moment. Right. Um, and, and then slowly moved out to, to Port Adelaide. Um, and obviously now well, we have a place in the Adelaide Hills at Mount Barker. We have a couple of places in the Barossa, in Tanunda and Nuriupa. And we have a Mazda dealership in Highmarsh, as well as this Port Adelaide. Um, uh, dealership that you're at now. Beautiful. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna touch on that. We, as our football club, we've obviously seen um, 
we see our oval naming rights sponsor as Montan Kia, but just I suppose give our listeners just uh, an understanding of it's not just Kia Kia Motors you look after. There's also plenty other um, car manufacturers. Yeah, most definitely. Um, so the history of the oval was Montan Hyundai when we when we kicked off, and then we slid over to another Korean brand in Kia, but. Um, if you think about our total business, we're so proud that we employ 225 South Australians uh, and we, we're just so proud of every team member that we have, especially in the recent times of the trouble that we've been through. But we represent seven of the top 10 brands in South Australia. Um, we have Mazda, we have Honda, VW, Kia, Hyundai, Ford and Mitsubishi. Um, so in South Australia, uh, each month we, um, to, we retail around 500 to 600 cars. Um, we service 120 retail cars a day. Um, we're lucky enough to move just over a million dollars in parts out to uh, all of the uh, crash shops and, and mechanical shops. So uh, we're very proud of, of our business um, and representing seven of the top 10 brands was a strategy that we came up with uh, nearly 15 years ago because being a, um, if you are not multi-franchised in this new world, um, you, you'll see a, a steady decline and one of the saddest things that we've seen in the motor industry in the last uh, six months is decline of Holden. And uh, I really put out a heartfelt feeling to all of our friends in the Holden camp. Um, so that's one of the reasons that we multi, multi-franchise as we move forward. Yeah, that's a great move. Um, I think you've already touched on it uh, earlier, but um, your business has done amazingly well over, over the journey. What makes it so successful? How how have you guys been able to sort of probably buck the trend when things haven't been great in other other areas? Well, it definitely wasn't to luck. Um, I think it was some really strategic planning, a really strong united board, um, and I'll touch on that if I can just quickly. Yeah. So our current board um, uh, consists of five um, gentlemen, three that are forty years of age, and two that are um, I'll be polite in their sixties. <laughs> Um, so you have a nice mix too of uh, advertising mind, uh, people and culture mind, um, then obviously the mechanical side of the business, so P&Ls and um, balance sheets and, and the risk analysis. So we have a nice mix there. But all in all, Mourn Team comes down and it's thrown around a lot, but um, the word culture. Um, but we work vigorously on having um, some trademarks that are agreed by all 225 of our team members. And they are used um, to keep people accountable, but also more importantly, to celebrate when we're um, behaving in a way that we've all agreed. And what we feel is that if we behave in these certain trademarks that we've all agreed on, the financial results and the profits and the results in all of our departments will shine through. and. Uh, I can't be any more strong in that area. It's one of the things that I truly believe in um, and happy to discuss. We, we don't hide any of our trademarks. We don't hide any of our behavior. We put it out for all the public to see. We've, we've used that in our advertising as well because we want people in South Australia to keep us accountable to that too. Um, and if anyone out there that hears this podcast in business or not even in business would like to discuss it, I'm more than happy to sit down and have a coffee and go through how we formulated uh, our, our culture and our program. Beautiful. Now it's a great story, and I know that you've you've helped mentor many people, uh, especially in our football club. So we do thank you for that as well. Um, heading on to the Eagles' relationship, firstly, why 
and then how did it or how did it come about and then probably why yeah uh so we want we part of our going back to our trademarks and part part of that is we always aim to be strong pillars of the community and we feel like sponsorships um are really important to get our name out there but also to assist all the young uh, men and ladies to uh, play through their sporting uh, organisations. And the Eagles Footy Club came about by a few ways. One was that I was a struggling footballer there. So I had my heart was in that footy club uh, many, many years ago. Uh, I was lucky enough to work in the in the footy club for a while when I was employed by the SNFL in, in development. So I had a connection there. But also um, the Eagles fall into our prime marketing area through where our dealerships are. Um, but also I love what the Eagles Footy Club stands for and that community and family feel. And we feel like the, SM, the Sandful Comp and the Eagles Footy Club fit that really well. What the Eagles also have is a really loyal database. So if you're involved in the Eagles Footy Club, you utilise your sponsors. And that shone through for us. And not just in year one, um, but year after year after year. And it's been absolutely sensational partnership. And we, we look forward to continuing uh, into the future. Beautiful. Now you've um, you during that time you obviously said that you've worked uh, you worked in through the Eagles Club through the sample and um, you a lot of people probably don't know you but for the last probably three four years you you really pushed and helped our uh, leadership aspect side of things um, just give us from your side of things uh, the important people that you've seen or that you've been involved with at the footy club there and uh, the ones that have really helped you further your career in the business side of things? Yeah, great question. I appreciate you asking it. So I'm a firm believer that there's so many synergies between sporting organisations and, and how businesses, private businesses, public businesses are run. Um, but my connection to our ex-senior coach, Michael Godden, was fairly strong. Uh, first of all, just as a human and as a good bloke. Um, and then obviously our shared passion for the footy club. So that link helped us get involved. Um, but I'll, I want to mention a couple of players. If, is that all right? Yeah, we can you mention names here? You put all the dirt on the <laughs> Um So Michael Wonky and I shared a passion for cake and coffee. Yes. So we um, were in uh, moderation. In moderation, yeah, yeah, both Fords in our day. Um, fair few more than me. <laughs> so we we just uh, struck up a bit of a relationship and spoke about how we'd like to be seen in the community and how we want to play our footy and how we uh, businesses run and things like that. So that was great. Um, uh, also, Luke Thompson and, um, and Guffer were just outstanding in my, my opinion, um, just the way that they led by example. And then I think hopefully I helped them with a bit of, bit of platform behind it. So what are, what is leadership and what does it look like and how, how do you do it? Um, there's this big myth out there that you've got to be um, – I don't know, you've got to have a halo around your head or just to be a leader, but it's, it's much more simpler than that. And then it's about the actual doing of it uh, at the right times as well and being a positive influencer. So that was really cool. Um, but I would I'll, I'll love to speak about, we have spent a bit of time uh, at a little shack of ours in Ardrossan and we were sitting down going through uh, some of the final series and where we were going to get to and what we stood for and, and you were involved in that. And we, we came to a, a bit of a halt in proceedings and we were talking for three or four hours. It was really cool. Some great people in the room and we couldn't come up with this one word or this one thing that you've got to put down on paper. And it went quiet for about five minutes. And I, and I had sort of explained to the guys that silence is a good thing sometimes because it just makes you reflect and think. 
And there was a really smart guy called Luke Powell that just came out with the word family. And it was like a penny drop moment. And, and, and all the six or seven of us or eight of us mm -hmm. in the room um, just went, yep, that's who we are. And that's who we stand for. And then we went through what that meant. So uh, that was a magic moment in the leadership stuff. And then sitting in the box with Godzi during the final series probably wasn't the greatest moments <laughs> at time. But, geez, I was so proud of the guy. There were so many moments throughout those three, three years that I was involved that I wish, I wish all of the Eagles uh, supporters and members and sponsors could have sat in there and, and listened to just the heartfelt messages and the passion and uh, all the ideas that were flowing through just to get us a couple of extra goals when, when we needed them and things like that. But it always came back to they were playing for each other and this family atmosphere and um, just made me so proud of the footy club. Beautiful. Yeah, it's a great story. One I'm sure many uh, will enjoy listening to. Um you you spoke earlier about the benefits of sponsorship uh, businesses having get involved in the community. Just I'd just like you to touch on a little bit more the benefits that you have seen that your business and you know yourself individually have been that, that you that you've got from being involved in the connection with the Eagles. Just to touch on a little bit more. Yeah, sure. Um, I think as a business owner, sometimes you need to be inside your strategy is how do we want to look? What do we want to be? Do we want to be a part of the community and do we want to make connections with um, sporting organisations? Um, I, I can't think of too many people that would say no to that. And then the key is how do you go about it and where do you where do you sit yourself and, and what level and who and, and how you roll it out. One of the key things too is to involve your team members. So there's no point in us putting a sign up on your, on your uh, footy club and then walking away. It's not about that. So we have a huge involvement. Um, but what some of the things that we've seen from it is a huge connection and partnerships and um, relationships that have gone so much further than uh, just a sign on, on the wall. But what that creates too, and, and this is a business proposition, is it creates revenue. You, you sell things, you sell you sell items from it. And that's uh, one of the important parts of being in business because you, you want to employ as many people as you can and provide a future for them. So there has to be the business part, but, but the connection with the um, humans over time as lifelong relationships. Yeah. And as long as our players and members and supporters keep coming down to the Morgan team, we'll be happy you know, they can keep buying cars. We're open Monday to Saturday, Pally. Beautiful. Happy to move any product you like. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to touch on, uh, we'll come back to the Morgan team uh, a little bit later. I just want can to... I just stop there? Yeah. Luke's got a little smile on his face. I'm not sure where this is going. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it, I think it'll be great if we get a bit of the Daniel Thomas story. Uh, we've mentioned briefly about um, you know the connection of why you got to uh, sponsoring and that, but I just wanted to go through a bit of your background through football. You obviously, uh, much to your dismay, and you you will push it away. But you know there there was an obvious talent there. So you, the opportunity to play at the Eagles, how that come about, and you know, your your upbringing of football, where where it all started. Yeah, sure. I'm happy to lay on the couch and have the next five minutes of um, psychological help. <laughs> um, and I hear that they've done done a podcast with you and then we've got um, some absolute superstars coming up. So I'll yeah. be brief on the footy career. Um, I'll look, I'll, um, my, my dad, who was a Div 1 medal winner, state player, state um, champion, played at Kilburn Footy Club. So we didn't live in that area, but because of his, his uh, past, He's a North Adelaide supporter too, which, which he tried to drum into me early, but that didn't work. So uh, I just started playing at Kilburn. So I showed a little bit of talent and and um, didn't live in the area, but 
Greg Leal um, thought this kid could play a little bit. So I came over at 13 years of age and I basically lived at the footy club from 13 to 21 years of age and uh, played through the development squads and uh, showed a little bit of go and um, was lucky enough playing a few junior flags in a reserves flag, which was brilliant. Absolutely loved it. One of the, some of the greatest times of my life. Um, we actually played on footy park and beat Port by a kick, I think, from memory. So that was that was really good fun. Um, I was lucky enough to captain the state as an under-16 and then miss out on the under-18 squad. And then from there, it sort of went backwards. The talent didn't live up to the work work ethic um, and learnt some huge lessons later on in life because of that. So in the end of the day, uh, at the Eagles, I got to reserves level, went back and played one year of Div 1 footy, and was lucky enough to win a flag at Kilburn, so timing was was everything. Um, and then went to West Adelaide and played a year there, and then finally lived the dream of running out on a league footy oval. Um, it was under lights, that Nord oval, in front of about 6,000 people, but I tell everyone it was about 20, 25,000. Um, and the three kicks I got were brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, and then uh, a month later, it was all over. So I just played three or four, three games, and then... Um, one of the games is on TV, Pally, oh, and nice. I performed very, very well. Um, so that's been on r- record and play a few times. Can see that. So all in all, just didn't capitalise on the talent that was there, and I'm comfortable with it now. Look, it eat it eat me alive for yeah. years and years. But until you address it and talk about it like this, um, you start to understand why, and that means you can help people too that are going through the through the same journey. Um, then I was lucky enough to play some country footy. Um, had some premierships in the in the Barossa, and then and then finished off when I was a very very old man in Kersbrook, living in the town. So so I'd encourage anyone that lives in a small country town, even in a metro, go and play at your local club because when you play in a premiership at your local club where you live, there is nothing better. Um, that was the craziest two weeks of my life, and uh, my house actually backs onto the footy club. So the back fence was open yeah. <laughs> a fair bit, as you know what, what happens when you win premierships. Um, so all in all, um, loved, loved the game, just had a great time, met so many people, got to achieve my goal, not for as long as I wanted to, of course, um, but forever have that memory. Um, got to play with some amazing human beings. And the day that Ronnie Fuller told me that you won't play league footy at this club, I'm still crying. He's still crying <laughs> from that day. But he did me a favour. He did me a favour. I don't think Ron will mind me saying you weren't the only one that he told me that. <laughs> I could just help some players that were playing league footy that they'd be never playing again. So. <laughs> no, he's a good man. He's he a good man. He's a great man. Um, you touched on Kersbrook. How did you find yourself there, living there? Yes, my lovely wife, who I met in year, uh, year five, but we started dating in year 11. Um, her parents live in Kersbrook and I had some close friends there in the James brothers, um, mostly Paul. Paul was the same age as me and then got to know Roger and Brett after that. Fell in love with a little town. There's about 300 people that, that live there, but it's only sort of 45 minutes, 50 minutes to the city. Um, we love the fresh air and the greenery and um, the it's a funny thing because you live in Kersbrook and every car you drive past, you put your finger up and wave, you know, that, that that's, and as soon as you get down the hill, that stops. Yeah. And uh, I love the connection with the, with the country people. And uh, I still call them country people, even though they're close to home. That's how we behave and that. Um, and they all laugh at me because I'm a city boy trying to be a country, a country guy, but I uh, love it. We'll be there for a lot longer. And um, yeah, the footy club's on the back of my house. So um, there's no excuse to 
not that I went to training all the time, but there's no excuse to be involved. And we sponsor them as well. Um, they are the most loyal people you've ever seen. And uh, great, great, great town. Yeah, great town. Uh, very good. Now, um, we did touch on, on your wife back. Um, Here we go. It's nothing. <laughs> it's all going to be good. It's a perfect time for you now just to, to put it out there and show, show her the love. But yeah, your wife and kids. Um, I know how much important, how important they are to you. Um, a little bit about the boys, but also just how, how you get the balance right between, uh, you know, you're, you're a very busy man, always on the go. And how do you get your balance right between work, work and life balance? Yeah, great, great question. I'm not sure I've found the answer yet. Um, I've been lucky enough to sit through every leadership course you've ever seen and every, um, wellbeing um, presenter and, and they tell you to write it down and what's important to you and how do you get there and um, I understand all that done it many times um, but when there's a pressing issue in a, in a business that you run you got to be there then you got to put it all in so um, it's probably a question for them but I feel over the last two to three years it's got got a lot better especially since the kids are getting their 12 and 7 now so they're getting into sport and play, playing so um, my parents never missed a game and I've said that I'll do that too. I think that's really important. Isn't it funny when you're playing sport, you always know where your parents are, around the stadium or the oval or the pitch. Definitely. And I reckon that's really, really important too. Um, so yeah, no, she, so my wife, Rebecca, is incredible. She, she uh, um, understands what this place means to us. Because let's, let's be really clear, if one team falls over, so do our family. Yeah. So um, we've worked our way through that. Um, and for the kids, um, Jet's got all the talent in the world and maybe not the work ethic. Sound familiar? So we'll be we're working on that. Um, and my youngest son, Finn, is a, is a soccer player. And uh, my cousin, Paul Thomas, who who most people who listen to this know, um, Central's legend, so he tells me, um, uh, coaches. And, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what that path takes because yeah. he's got some serious go about him. Um, but it'll be interesting. So he's the first soccer player in our family's history ever so we'll, we'll see how that goes but yeah the balance is really tough it's something that i always think about um my dad always says get home get home go and see him well sometimes it doesn't work like that but um got to really clear really clear what's important to you and stick to that as much as you can it, uh, it just shows how much uh family support moves doesn't it you just um, you, you need to find the right ones thankfully you've got those yeah very lucky um i was gonna touch on um I don't think you've mentioned it yet, but um, the ambition now for more team where you see it, I know you, you've got, you're always looking ahead. Um, I just want to want you, your thoughts on where you see it heading, not the the car industry and where you see more team heading and, you know, what's going to be your biggest challenges coming up. Yeah. So we're in the midst of COVID-19, um, a pandemic that, uh, not no business owner has ever seen before. It definitely has realigned our thinking in in many many areas. Um, I, I, when I started out, I wanted to be the biggest, and well, I didn't even know what that meant. You know, I didn't know what that meant. Um, my thinking has changed on that now. My thinking is being about supporting the 225 South Australians that we have and creating an amazing future for them. Because if I can do that, that means my family comes along. For the, for the ride too. Um, so the, so we've been fairly lucky with some of the decisions we've made and who we've partnered with. And if you think about the manufacturers that we have, 
I think the future we'll see in, in, in Australia, in our workforce will change. I think the, um, uh, the roster system and the permanent part-time and casual workers, I think in our trade was really non-existent. I think that'll grow. Uh, so someone that we yeah, have part of our team now will work for more time and I'll be here five days a week. I think what we might see going forward is they work three days for me, for our team, and they've got two days at a social media outlet and one day in the advertiser. And and um, I just see that that might be a morphing of how things go forward. So that, that will put enormous responsibility on us to ensure that our recruitment's right, our training system's right, our culture is the best it can absolutely be, and everyone's included in that, and also paint a clear picture for them. So that we um, so that we have the platform for great people to join us and then give them a future where it goes forward. So I see that happening. But where is Montaigne in 10 years? It'll look differently. It'll totally look differently. But as long as we can keep giving that platform to those humans, I'll be really happy, really, really happy. Um, will we ever be the biggest? I always go back to you know, that 10 years yeah. ago and I was saying, well, maybe. Maybe we will. Um, but it's definitely not on my radar now. Yeah. It's definitely not one of the things that I need to tick off. Yeah, okay. So expansion's not not there just yet, but potentially. Hmm. Um, unfortunately, my mind doesn't stop. <laughs> so I'm sure there'll be uh, always something coming through the door. I just want to do it really steady yeah. and really smartly. Um, there was a saying that I saw that if you want to go fast, go alone. Well, I don't ever want to go alone. I want to go with the team. So we'll just go nice and steady. And see where that see where that ends us. Yeah, we've covered um, the how you've been able to mentor some of our our players, you know, uh, coaching staff, me included as well. Yeah, through business, you know, you've been a great help for me. Um, you've obviously got your own mentors and the own people that help you. You know, I just want to touch on a few of those. Yeah, so I'll get emotional here. Um, good timing. So. Uh, one of the mentors for me I met when I was 15 and it was Robert Odie, who's recently uh, passed over. So um, he taught me altruism and he taught me uh, the biomechanics bio of football, which you talk about at every every coffee and cake. I have a lot of coffee and cake this season. <laughs> um, and he, uh, I miss that man, genuinely. Yeah. Uh, just the uh, random phone call late at night or early in the morning or um and just did you see this how do you think this works you know just brilliant so, so he was amazing for me and as a young kid so he's basically been there my whole life which is um brilliant man absolutely brilliant man um the number one for me is my father of course so uh same we've had same interests we are very different um but very the same and that doesn't make sense but yeah. we are um and that what he instilled in me is holding our business and my family in good stead so he's just an unbelievable, incredible man, probably rated, you know, in the top five in the country in South Australia, Australia. Everyone talks about how strong he is. His background is in fixed ops, mine's in sales. So it's where a little bit different, but just an incredible man. What he says that he stands for, he does. Yeah. And I think that's what we all want in all of our, in all of our mentors. Um, most of the time when we think about mentors, we think about older, mm. astute people that have been through it. But I reckon a lot about my my mentors now, it's probably a wrong term, but maybe who I learn a lot from is all of our team, my kids, my wife, all the people that I come in contact. You're just learning yeah. all the time, even by things that you see, oh, I don't quite agree with that, but you, you learn. 
Um, so they're the two people I've probably mentioned. Um, and the guys that they call me their mentor now, uh, one was on the on the front of the advertiser yesterday. Um, yeah, it just warms my heart that I can pass on some information because I've got so far to go as well. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's a great explanation. So often everyone's seen as a mentor, you've got to be 20, 30 years older, but it's it's so far from the truth and the, the fact that we, we are all learning every day. And I think that's what makes people good in business. If you if you're not willing to open up and be questioned on what you're doing or, you know, take advice, it's a long way you you're not gonna get very far. But um and that probably goes on a bit of um and you can touch on more if you want to you've already mentioned about Michael Godden. Uh, personally I've seen both when you guys found that connection, you, you've almost exploded yourself. Like Michael's gone on to bigger, better things with the crows now and yourself have just sort of grown in your business. How have you seen benefits in that relationship? I mean, not just a, yeah, it's a great friendship and you know, one I'm sure both you and Michael enjoy, but the actual, the mentorship or the, the business acumen that you both gained out of each other. Well, I can't miss this opportunity, so I always pay. So it's been expensive, meant <laughs> expensive yeah. uh, friendship. Um, Godzi's analysis of any situation is phenomenal, uh, and uh, so he will look at a situation in footy, in business, in your family, um, and sum it up so chronologically and so cleverly. And then he won't just force his view on you. He'll always ask the question, what do you think? Well, what could happen? Where would this go? And then I just shut up and listen to him because he's just so, so uh, yeah, there's a bit of man love there, of course. Um, I would think if there was a percentage, I would say that Michael Godden has grown Daniel Thomas by 25% um, in our last five years of friendship and just discussing. Um Gee, I hope he coaches our footy club again. Um, to just be absolutely brilliant for all of us involved. I'm not sure we can afford him anymore. He sort of pushed himself through the. Don't think so. Yeah. Bigger and better things to accomplish for us. For him. Well, maybe maybe when he's in his sixties, he might come back. Yeah. Well, they call it the soft cap. Yes. Yeah, right. um, so one thing that Godzi and I did, and, and the Eagles Footy Club did, is we, we managed to get through Kokoda uh, a couple of years ago, which was absolutely uh, sensational. Um, little what people wouldn't know about that is two days before we left, Godzi's knee blew up. And, and as most of us would know, he's had 25 knee operations. So he was on the couch with ice packs sucking on the green um, stick, trying to get through it. So that was, um, for me, it was hilarious. And then when we got there, our bags got delayed, so we had to have 10 beers. So he was in all sorts by the time we started. But um, he, uh, yeah, he got through. He's an incre incredible human. He's got a great family. He's got a young fella coming through that can play a bit, which is exciting. Um, I hope Don Pike falls over and God, he's a senior coach soon. So that'd be brilliant. Um, free tickets. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be cool. But he's got it in him. Um, as long as an AFL club can take the jump and say, yep. you know, we know God, was on the list at the Crows, but someone that hasn't played 100 games or whatever, he'd take the jump. Gee, I'm looking forward to to that because he'll smash it. Yeah. He'll smash it. Could change the industry too if that happens, which would be great. Um, a few more. Uh, light-hearted ones now. You've already touched on uh, a couple that I was going to ask, but Kokoda, um, you just mentioned four. How good was it? What did you gain out of it? Well, not being an aerobic beast, um, <laughs> it was uh, uh, a massive challenge. Um, I found uh, human beings 
once you're walking with someone for eight to nine hours a day, get bored really quickly. So uh, we had grown men and ladies singing songs to each other, trying to make each other laugh uh, through absolute challenging times. Um, but it was sensational. I encourage anyone to do it. Um, the people that were on the trek uh, randomly send messages to each other and text messages. So the connection's there forever. There was a few magical moments where you just break down in tears and um, paying our respects to the Anzacs, but also the conversations and the discussions we had that were just lifelong stick with you. Um, would I do it again? Not, not too sure about that. Um, uh, I've shown the photos and some vision to my kids and I think they're getting half keen, so that could be a, a massive struggle. Yeah. Um, but I would say that the group that you go with can be anyone. Yeah. They don't need to be your closest mates or they could be people you've never met before. By day two, you nearly, if you're willing to give something of yourself, you nearly know everything and you have in the connections there. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. And I must obviously mention the history lesson that we got too. Um, yeah, it really opened up my eyes to what the what they went through. Oh, brilliant. Obviously, being a sporty podcast, um, and I'm, for one, very envious, but... Um, just to let people know that you, the opportunity to go to the Super Bowl and watch that, um, yeah. Yeah, how good was it? And, you know, again, I think you mentioned the game might not have been the best, but how quick would you like to get back there again? Yeah, so I'm the, I'm the unluckiest sporting nerd in the world. Um, so I got to see the uh, – so they rank the Super Bowls. Um, so I got to see the worst ranked Super Bowl in the history of Super Bowls two years ago. Um, got to see the goat play, which was pretty good, and then take them home in the last quarter. But um, also the entertainment they rank, and it was the third worst ranked entertainment of all time as as well. Um, uh, I haven't cried too many times at a sporting event, but walking in to um, the Mercedes Mercedes Center, I think they yeah. call it, um, in uh, Atlanta. Atlanta? Yeah, Atlanta, I should, should remember that. Uh, I cried walking in. Because, you know, as you're growing up as a kid and you're watching it and, and, and you're a massive NFL and, and college um, fan. Yeah, it was one of those moments where you go, what the? I was a little bit hungover to this. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit more vulnerable. Yes. <laughs> um, but just to see these guys, six, six foot five, six, mm. some of them are five, but, you know, just moving yeah. live. Wow, they put some of our NFL players to to shame um, and just the way that it went and the way they paid tribute to um, the people that have served for them in the Army, the Navy, the way they pay tribute to their volunteers. The game stops so everyone can stand up and clap those people. I think that's absolutely brilliant. And then the celebrations that you've seen on TV so many times, actually see that live. Yeah. Just incredible, incredible. So will I be back? Yes. Can I borrow some money, please? <laughs> if you can send it through. Um, but that came through a relationship I have with Prop Media. Who, who help us with our advertising um, uh, going forward. So that was another one of those ones where you partner with the right people and you get some pretty incredible opportunities. I'd rather see an Eagles flag than, than a Super Bowl, but it was pretty cool. Me too. And both would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, Daniel, just from uh, behalf of Footy Club, you know, thank you for, for joining us today. Um, I know for all listeners out there, if you are looking for a car, uh, you are the right person to come to. Um, Service also. We've, I mean, personally, lucky enough to we've got our yeah, last three, four cars and a new. I have to butt in there too. I have to butt in there too. Go for it. So we're lucky enough to have a panel shop. So without Luke Powell, that panel shop would be closed. Um, I think we've had all cars. 
Sorry, mate. That's all right. Um, I know you're wrapping up with We can anyway, but also, it's, I think one of them out of the four has been me once. So, you know, my wife, Lucy, will obviously kill me again, but um, yeah, it's none of, none of her being her fault, as, as she tells me. <laughs> but no, as I said, mate, thanks for joining us. Um, please, uh, listeners, members, whoever's um, jumping on, uh, if you need a car or thinking of looking at a car, jump down to my team. Uh, on Port Road, uh, for us, go for a Kia, uh, but there is plenty of options there. Uh, thanks for joining us, mate. It's been a pleasure, and thank you for such a great relationship over so many years for our footy club, and let's hope it continues to grow. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, Jim. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure for me to be involved. It's an honour, actually, to be on the Eagles podcast in, in the nest. Inside the, in, inside the Eagles nest. Inside yeah. the Eagles nest. Um, and, yes, it's going to be a long, long future to go. Thank you. Beautiful.